Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 55. We're just speeding right ahead. Icebergs. I swear I was swear to God, Donna, I was like, full steam. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they say. Here's Good story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, y'all. So, thank you, everybody, for checking in on me <laughs> last week. I felt the love. I totally forgot I said that, and I was like, good God, what did we say? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, like, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Legit, first thing out of her mouth was, Carrie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie sucks. She really, really sucks. Um. Yeah. So, thank y'all for checking in on me. I am better. Yeah. Better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting there. Only wearing the boot part-time. <laughs> Medicine's working, sort of. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, other than the fact that I'm pretty sure I just said, I think I might have pulled a muscle coughing. <laughs> but, I mean, here we are. Yep. But, we have new Patreoners. That's right. Highlight of our freaking week, y'all. And know who they are? Who? Carissa V. from Paphos, Cyprus. Rachel A. from Kansas. And Jackie and John S. from Leicester, Leicestershire. Yes. I hope we did not butcher all of those things. (laughs) But those are from two different places, not here. I know. Which is fucking exciting. It is. Thank y'all so much for being part of the Creep and Naughty. You make it better. We could not do it without y'all. And we just had a live, y'all. And we can't wait till the next month. April? Well, this month. (laughs) Because that's what it is now. Because we bypassed April Fool's. Apparently, that was not... Like, that's our holiday, and it wasn't. I don't feel like it's my holiday. You love it. I don't. I don't like jokes. Like, pranks. <laughs> like, I don't like, like, pranks. Yeah. They give me anxiety. I don't like it. I'm cool that we missed it. You probably were, like, channeling it to me, being like, don't mm-hmm. think about it. Don't think about it. Anyway, we have stuff planned for the next live already, so y'all don't want to miss out, because I'm telling you, well, maybe you do, because it's a shit show, but it's a good shit show, and we couldn't do it without y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to join and you want to see what's going on this month, go to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. But there are tons of ways you can support us, even if you can't do Patreon. Just remember to like, review, subscribe, all the things. Yes. One more thing I want to talk about. Okay. So this weekend, I was at my sister's house. And just like, I had to move my mom's car. So like, I, I but I had my phone stuff with me because we were about to leave. And move her car. I get out because I'm going into, I don't know what I'm doing. And I hear my phone make this whoop sound. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And I looked and somehow I had accidentally called 911. And I was like, oh, fuck, flashback to when you're a kid and, like, never, yeah. ever, 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 ever call 911 unless you really, really mean to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, it, and it wasn't letting me hang up. So I don't know if it ever actually answered. Well, I immediately got a call back that was like, hey, this is Calcasieu Parish 911. Like, just making sure everything's okay. And I was like, yes, I'm sorry. It was an accident. And they were like, okay, we hung up. Well, then later that night, that was, like, in the morning. Later that night... My brother-in-law, Eddie, was doing something on my friend Anna's phone, and apparently there's, like, a new update that if you hit the home button, like, three times, Mm -hmm. it calls 911, and Anna's phone went, did that, 
and called 911 because she's like, oh my God, you're calling 911, like hung up. Well, Anna got a text message that said like, this is Calcasieu Parrot, like 911, is everything okay? And she had to text back like, yes, it was an accident. So I got to thinking, first of all, how many accidental 911 mm-hmm. calls were they getting? Because I, di- I didn't even know how I did it. It yeah, wasn't until think, somebody else did it that my sister was like, I think it's if you hit it three times. Yeah, and I think you can do it on the side because I've done that before too. Well, so how many people, are, first of all, I don't even know what the option is, like what the function of the phone mm-hmm. is to do it. Like, so how many accidental calls are they getting, which sucks because that clogs up the lines. Yeah. But two, if let's say that Anna really was in danger and like needed something and they were just like, hey, just checking in. Like, you know what I mean? Like send a text message. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, how are you going to know if they can just, like, respond to a fucking text message? Like, right. If they're, like, really in danger, how the fuck is she going to respond to that? And then my other thing is that goddamn sound. Like, yeah. what the fuck? If I'm hitting the side button on my phone to call 911 like that, if that's really is how you fucking do it, then what the hell? How are you going to make this loud noise? Right. Because clearly I'm trying to, like, incognito call 911. Yeah. So, let's do this huge, like, fucking siren. Well, they probably think that it's going to scare someone off. Well, it's not. I know, but I'm I'm just thinking that's probably why they did it. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for the option mm-hmm. to quickly dial, although I don't know it. But I was like, God, if you were in a bad situation, this is not, how this was handled was not good. yeah. I do have a podcast recommendation. It is not true crime. Karen Ladd from our group told Mm -hmm. me about it. And way late to this. Everyone, I think, listens to it. But but if you don't. (laughs) Yeah. It's called The Moth. I've heard of it. And it's like people... I feel like what it is... I don't know a lot because I've only done a few so far. But it's almost like open mic nights. And people get up there and like tell their story of whatever i have laughed i have cried all kinds of stuff so good so good so if you need like a palate cleanser that's a good one okay i don't want to cry in my car though (laughs) (laughs) other than that i think that's we ready hit us with your knowledge okay you know what's interesting last week my story had your birthday in it Mm -hmm. this week the person i'm doing shares my birthday oh fuck only not the same year okay so we've all heard of influenza like aka the flu right yeah have you ever heard of affluenza they're affluent mm-hmm mm-hmm you've heard this story and you're gonna be like oh fucking yeah oh god and it is the story of the deadly car crash caused by ethan couch and his defense claiming affluenza i don't think i've heard about this okay all i know is the last person i know with the last name couch is do you know all i can think of is people's couch evelyn couch from fried green tomatoes oh yeah (laughs) god how to womp womp i love that movie (laughs) right so this happened on june 15th 2013 and there was a young girl Brianna Mitchell. She was on her way home, and she was driving her white Mercury Mountaineer. Uh-oh. A.K.A. a Ford Explorer. <laughs> and 
she swerved off the road and it blew one of her tires. Oh, fuck. When she swerved because her tire blew, she also, like, took out a mailbox, kind of ended on... Does sound familiar, Donna? Uh, Only you trying mm-hmm. to dodge a deer? No, that was hydroplaning. Oh, okay, okay. I'm getting your Rex confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you could say the same to me, but... Yeah. I My dad had to replace someone's mailbox because I took it out. Flew through the air, took it out. <laughs> and I'm literally, like... This isn't happening. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna hit that. I'm gonna <laughs> like. Okay. How scary hydroplaning? Uh, majorly scary. Well, after she takes out the mailbox, she kind of skids into this grassy area right at the front yard of this house on Burleson Retta Road, and so this road, it's like picture it like a because we're in Texas. Picture it like a Texas highway, two lane. It's, I mean, it's paved road, okay. but it's not lit or unlit, I guess I should say. <laughs> There's no shoulders on it. You know, it's it's just kind of a, not like country, country road, but it's outside of Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. You're loving the Texas. I, I am, and it's not intentional. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wanted to do a Texas one last time mm-hmm. so i did but this one just happened to be texas because i was like okay i need a lighter hearted one even though this one's not hello it's murder mm-hmm. but the last two have been really fucking heavy yeah and so i googled stupid murders <laughs> <laughs> legitimately <laughs> and the one of the articles i pulled up i almost did one and then i was like no i might just tell donna and well obviously all y'all too what it was and then do this one because I know this one will make Donna mad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the one I didn't do, though, it was a guy who I think lived in Florida and drove, or maybe North Carolina, somewhere, drove up to like... <laughs> what? One of the, I, no, it was Florida because I remember like, of course it was a Florida yeah. man. And Because the thing was like, Florida man claims he could not have committed the murder because he's too fat. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I could not do that. I am glued to my couch. Do you see all these wrappers around me? I have been busy here, Mm. sir. It was saying he would have had to have driven 21 hours to get wherever he was going. And then have run up like four steps. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, okay, he was not thin, but he was like 5'8 and 300 pounds. Like he's not like... Immobile. A fucking six on six hundred pound life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's not bedridden. Yes. I just I was like, oh god, too much, <laughs> too much. Not doing that one. No. <laughs> Brianna was well. I don't know if it's Brianna or Brianna, but Brianna was a twenty four year old chef at this private club nearby, mm-hmm. and so that night was she was coming home from work. So, where she had the accident, Holly and Eric Boyles and their 21-year-old daughter, Shelby, came out of their house to help her. Because okay. she, that's where her, her accident was, like, right on their stuff. Like, you know, on their property. It was their mailbox. Yeah. Well, about that time, another car's passing by, and it's a guy named Brian Jennings. And he is a youth minister who had just gone to his son's graduation party And he saw the accident, you know, saw that. So he pulled on the other side of the road to get out to to help him. He had two middle school-aged kids in his truck. And he said, you know, 
stay in the car, keep your seatbelts on, you know. Yeah. No, don't don't get out of the truck. Brianna's on the phone with her mom telling her what happened as everybody's kind of like, you know, looking at the damage. Eric gets his his poor mailbox and he's <laughs> taking it into his garage. And when Eric is walking the mailbox to his garage, he hears this horrible crash. Oh god. Just a nut he hear I mean he's like it's loud, it's horrible. A neighbor who was actually inside their house watching a movie with headphones heard the noise too. Holy fuck. And came outside to see like what the fuck. Another neighbor that was half a mile away thought that he had heard an explosion. Oh my gosh. And what happened was a F-350, so you know how big of a fucking truck that is. Yeah. Okay. Is coming down Burleson Redder Road. Dark. It's past 11 o'clock at night. It's a two-lane road. You got a car on one side that's helping a motorist. The car on the other side that is the motorist. Yeah. And everybody's trying to kind of figure out how to help her. Well, this F-350 is doing 70 miles an hour in this 40-mile-an-hour zone. And it is hauling ass down this road, and then it goes off the road into the grass and slams into the mountaineer. Fuck. And when it hits, it kills Brianna, Holly, Shelby, and Brian. (gasps) Holy Hannah. Killed them all. Holy shit. The truck, the F-350, had six teenagers in the cab <gasps> and two in the bed of the truck when it hit. Oh, my God. It also hit the truck with the two kids buckled up inside yeah. and flipped onto a tree. <gasps> Holy shit. When it hit the Brian Jennings, the minister's pickup, when it hit it, it actually moved it into the road where it made that hit a Volkswagen Beetle that was coming. Oh, my on. gosh. So yeah, so the Mountaineer was on the side of the road. So was the minister's mm-hmm. truck. The F-350 comes, barrels, hits Brianna's Mountaineer, kind of bounces basically into the minister's truck, spins that truck into the lanes that a Volkswagen hits while that continues like tumbling, while the F-350 continues kind of tumbling yeah. into a tree. So immediately... There are seven 911 calls placed within four minutes of each other that kind of detail all the chaos. You know I didn't fucking listen to that shit. (laughs) And But, like, so this woman is on the phone with 911 telling them, like, that she had just driven up to the scene. Like, it's kind of telling them everything that's unfolding. And then she, like, interrupts herself to say, oh, there's another child in the ditch. And the operator has to, like, tell her to, like, quit screaming. How many how many cars are there? And the lady's like, I, I can't tell. Mm-mm. She's like, it's dark. There's kids laying in the ditches. There's kids laying in the street. Fuck. And, that, like, in the background of the call, you can hear them moaning. Oh, my gosh. There's another 911 call that... The man on the call is telling his son, sit down and pray. Like, do not look at the basically the Shit. carnage. And the boy, like, is asking, like, who is that? You know? And then he, the, the guy's just like, oh, my God. The operator says, 
how many people are injured and the guy starts counting one, two, three, multiple. I don't even know how many. Fuck. Another call comes in and it sounds, it's a teenage boy and he sounds drunk and he's like, we need some ambulances. It's bad. We flipped. And the operator asks him like how many and he's like, I have no idea, but his speech is really slurred. And so that's why they're like, you know, okay, well he's sounds drunk. Yeah. The wreckage is over like 300 feet of the road. Like it is massive. One of the Tarrant County Sheriff's deputies says that it, it looks more like a plane crash than a, a car accident. Wow. So Ethan was driving. He had those seven teenagers with him. That none were wearing the seatbelts. You know, mm-hmm. you had the him and the five in the cab, and then you had the two in the bed of the truck. The bed. Oh. So, of course, none of them were wearing seatbelts, but they all survived. Wow. That were in the F three fifty. Wow. And the two kids that were, you know, that were the minister's kids mm-hmm. in the car, they survived. Good. And the two people that were in the Volkswagen survived. Gosh. When the police finally did the blood alcohol test and all that on Ethan. It was three hours after the wreck. Oh, wow. And his blood alcohol level was 0.24. Three hours after? Mm-hmm. That is three times the legal limit of an adult. Shit. And he's a 16-year-old boy. I mean, most states, especially now, have zero tolerance for yeah. anybody under the legal age of drinking. But so three times the legal limit wow. for an adult, three hours later. So oh there's no, t- and you know, because you know that they, you fucking sober up. Like, oh, for sure. I mean, I'm not saying that blood alcohol is going to change whenever you're shit facing something bad happens and you sober up. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, how shit faced was he? If you say he gets off from this, I am going to flip my fucking lid. So he also had Valium. And marijuana in his system. Are you... What? Oh, God. So. He needs to be on a fucking couch. That's what he needs to be. hmm Okay. So, let's talk a little bit about Ethan. Okay. Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. His parents are Fred and Tanya. Couch, obvi. And they got divorced in 2006. All right. When they got divorced... I guess it was all so bad and ugly that there was a court order psychological evaluation of them and Ethan. Damn. So the social worker would go visit Ethan like at both houses. So Fred had told the social worker that the, their marriage had been a mistake from the beginning and that Tanya had an addiction to just pills and that she had given Ethan Vicodin more than once. What? Mm-hmm. He said that she would always, well, not always, but she would threaten to commit suicide and, or die by suicide, and that she would always talk about, like, at the time, Ethan was nine, and that he was her protector. Wow. I wonder if she was giving them to him for, like, recreational use, or if she was pulling a Dee Dee Blanchard and having sleep, baby sleepy pills... Mm, I don't know. Because, so, most of the nights, he slept in, like, he had his own bed, but mm-hmm. his own bed in his mom's bedroom. Of course, there's two sides to every story. His mom said that Fred was 
verbally and physically abusive to her, called her names, would, like, grab her and drag her by her hair. Shit. She said that he, one time, threw her into the fireplace. Fuck. Um, I know. And that he would, so uh, she had a kid from a, a previous marriage, and that he, like, pushed and choked the daughter from her first marriage. Oh, my God. And that he threatened that he was going to, quote, burn the house down. And then, so the Ethan's half-sister, the sister from the previous marriage, said that she had seen, she told the social worker, she had seen Fred slap her mother when she was pregnant with Ethan. And then said that Fred manipulated family with money and was having all these affairs. The police came to their house all the time, including during one of the social workers visits with Fred. Um, He was never arrested. Like Fred was never arrested for any domestic violence stuff. He, the only time he was ever arrested was one time he punched somebody at a construction site, but he never served time for it. But so the, the parents had mandated court mandated visitations times that none neither one of them followed but most of the time he lived with his mom and she had a quaint little ranch house four thousand square feet oh quaint quaint i tell you and that was the house that they moved in when he was three and then like up through his parents divorce that was kind of the house that he knew so the house was on six acres so it's a four thousand square foot house six acres quaint has a pool a playground a barn, and a 6,000-square-foot workshop. In right. Oh, my God. Quaint. Do you know how many houses of mine you could, this right? house you could fit up in that? Right. A lot, a lot. Okay. It was, like, open floor plan, had, like, a wet bar. Like, Shit. it was just, like, party central, right? Yeah. This house was just, like, amazing. It literally sounds like on the CW or places like that where the teenagers have the run of their houses. Yes. And you're like, this does not happen in real life. Apparently it does. Mm-hmm. So, so this pisses me off. This, I mean, well, other than the whole story, but this is a piece <laughs> that pisses me off. So Fred would come by like through during the week sometimes to see Ethan, but then sometimes Ethan would go stay with him, you know, at his dad's house. But Tanya always said that Fred didn't supervise Ethan properly. And Fred's response to that was, quote, I'm not a mom. Are Fuck you. you. You're me? a fucking dad. Do you know what pisses me off more than anything in this motherfucking world is a dad that thinks that because they're the fucking dad and not the mom that they don't have to do the same shit? Mm-hmm. Because don't ever say that you're fucking babysitting your child. Oh my God, right? That you want to send me over the motherfucking <laughs> edge? You ain't babysitting that child. Right? That's your motherfucking child. You're a parent. Parents don't babysit. So, Ethan. Because, of course, you know, the social workers, like, followed him, checking, like, great. You know, he's seeing how he's doing in school, all this stuff. He had pretty good grades and stuff. But when he was in kindergarten, he missed 50 days of school. When he was in second grade, he missed 40 days of school. Holy shit. So, the social worker in, you know, the big report with all this was, like, they have, the parents have a very codependent relationship with Ethan. And that they're not, basically, they're not consistent, and they have, quote, adultified, like, just made him, like, he's a, a third partner yeah. in this in this family, you know, where they include him on all the adult decisions and, you know, 
Mm-hmm. lifestyle and what have you he had his own motorcycle and four-wheeler what so ethan went to a private school that was for kids who were really smart and all the things but the family life was just still so fucked up like the parents like hated each other so much mm-hmm. and they always put him in the, in the middle and so if they were, like, both at the school, they would get in these huge screaming matches in the parking lot at the school. Wow. Like, there was this one time, too, that they were in this huge yelling match in front of Ethan. And Ethan was in Fred's truck. And he locked the doors and was, like, said he was, I'm going to speed away with him. And, like, said, like, he, like threatened to, like, you know, be stupid. Yeah. Again, the police came, but nobody gets arrested or anything. They just say, like, get it together, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, having money must be nice. I know. Ethan's dad, Fred, by the time he was 21, he had started a company that did sheet metal for, like, large-scale metal roofings. Okay. And so he... President, owner, all the things, started the company up, and that's how they had all their money. Shit. But it's like, it's not really, nobody really knows where he got the money to start this up. Mm. At the time, he was married to this lady. She was 30. He was 21. So, I don't know if, like, she helped. I don't know. But the company grew. It was a really big business that 40 people worked for him. One time in 1992, Fred was stopped for a DWI. And when the pol- he told the police officer, I make more in a day than you will make in a year. Oh, my God. What a fucking entitled douchebag. Yes. Well, great. You won't have any problem paying this fucking ticket. Exactly. So, Tanya, she quit school when she was 15, got married, pregnant by 18. She's got some charges for, like, reckless things, like reckless driving and all. So, they're just a fucking careless bunch. Yeah, they are. When Ethan was 13, he was driving himself to school. One of the teachers noticed and was like, um, Fred, like, the fuck? Fred told her that he was the best driver that she knew and that he, that Ethan was going to be driving himself to school. Like, so, just, this just kind of gives you an idea of the fucking absolute absurdity of entitlement so she's like well like he can't kind of thing he it was just like this huge argument yeah somehow college got brought up and he was like he doesn't need college anyway he's gonna take care of the family business soon and then he basically said something to the effect of i'll buy the school oh god yes so he got fred got so in a tiff about it that he pulled him out of that, like, prestigious school and put him in homeschool. Oh, um, shit. Yes. But, of course, by the time he was 15, it was like, he was like, mm, I'm done with this. Yeah. So, I think, I could be wrong, don't quote me on this, but I think that he may not even have gotten his GED. Yeah, probably not. Because there's nothing wrong with homeschool. No, no, no. It's just when they're absentee absentee parents and lackadaisical yes there's no homeschool yeah yeah absolutely so when when ethan was a kid and he would get punished fred was always the disciplinarian 
And he would do stuff like take a video game system away or something like that. A truck, you know, when he was 12. Yeah. But Tanya would always give it back. And so, like, he just would play them off of one another. Yeah. You know, instead of, like, he just was, there were no consequences. And he didn't care. And he was Mm -hmm. entitled and all the things. So, when Ethan was 14, it was on the 4th of July, Fred found him, like, he was passed out because he was so shit-faced from rum. Wow. And he was not pissed off that Ethan was 14 and shit-faced and passed out drunk. He was pissed off because Ethan wouldn't be there because they had, like, this a tradition of shooting fireworks and stuff together. Oh, and he was huh. pissed that Ethan wouldn't be there. And so he, like, had these other kids come and, like, shoot them with him. Oh, my God. Yeah, because it wasn't that Ethan wasn't going to be there. It's that he couldn't be in that role of, I'm going to be the doting parent that, you Mm -hmm. know, shoots off these things. But see, I don't think, I don't even think that. I think it's that he was so selfish, he wanted him there. Yeah. Like, he want like, you know, that's his buddy, not his Mm -hmm. son. True. So, like I said, it's not, we don't really know if he got his GED from the homeschool thing, but he did start taking some community college classes. And and he started working some for his dad's business. By 16. Mm-hmm. So, around this time, too, Fred builds a house. It's just a little, just a little house on three acres in northwest Fort Worth. It is 7,000 square feet. <laughs> it has a two-story guest house. Even a bigger workshop than the other house had. Remember, Holy that was 6,000 square feet. At some point... Tanya moves back in. Wait. And in 2011, they got remarried. Oh, my gosh. Their fucking thing is days and, uh, what is it? Days of our lives. I know. So, okay. So, at this point, this is January 2013, Ethan starts going and living in that Burleson house. You know, the one, mm-hmm. the other one. the You know, the, the smaller, 4,000 square foot. Yeah. And so. Point. Yeah. This is just, you know, just it's just enough. For a 16-year-old boy, (laughs) he doesn't need any more than 4,000 square feet. Mm. I mean, 7,000 square feet is just too much for a Mm 16-year-old. I mean, let's downgrade him some. (laughs) So, sometimes his cousin lives with him at the house, but most of the time it's him. Big house. Like, it's basically empty except for, like, a couch, a bed, an Xbox, and a TV. Wow. Like, it was total 16-year-old dude house. (laughs) That's not a thing. (laughs) It is, though, apparently. <laughs> so, the the point, quote-unquote, of Ethan staying in that house was he was supposed to be getting it ready to sell. Mm-hmm. Quote. Like, he's 16 years old. He's not going to do anything if you're not up his ass. Mm-hmm. Well, Ethan had told some of his friends, though, that he and his dad had gotten in fights, and his dad kicked him out of the house, so that's why he was living in the Burleson home. But that sometimes Fred would stop by and check on him. <laughs> Again, leaving money, yada, yada, yada. Again, just a little bit of a progression up to the accident. He had, his dad had come over one time, in the, like, real early in the morning, and found all these empty beer cans in the garage and was like, what the fuck? Like, who who's drinking this? And he was like, oh, it's my cousin. You know, it was him. Mm-hmm. And the dad was like, he's fucking lying. And then he starts, like, inspecting some more, and his dad had a firebird parked in the back of like old firebird parked in the back of the house mm-hmm. and like 
the rule was like nobody fucking drives this nobody not even ethan and it was clear that somebody had driven it because it had been moved Mm. and so he was like fuck that you're grounded like your truck is mine i'm taking it yeah you can fucking walk to work and so he was gonna have to walk a mile you know back and forth to work well Tanya caved and let him borrow her truck. Oh, my gosh. So, that truck was an F-150. And so, when you're thinking about... I don't know if people have F-150. Because we know we got people in fucking Cyprus. Shit listening. So, when you think about, like, a truck here, F-150 is, like, a big truck. An F-250 is bigger. And an F-350 is even fucking bigger. Huge. It's, like, what someone who... Like, on the farm or some shit Mm -hmm. would have to, like, pull all their shit. Yeah. It's fucking huge. So, he's driving his mom's F-150 in February. And the Lakeside police find him in the parking lot of a Dollar General at 1 a.m. Peeing in the parking lot. And in the truck was a 14-year-old girl. Oh, fuck. He's 16, but she's 14. No fucking clothes on. Oh, shit. A can of Miller Light, A fucking bottle of Grey Goose. Ugh. And, Ugh. It, well, I'm sorry. At this time, Ethan was 15. And so the officer's like, um, the fuck you doing, kid? And he's like, what's it look like I'm doing? <gasps> I hate him. Mm-hmm. So he calls, like, Tanya from the scene. And the microphone on the officer, like, picks up some of the conversation. And it picks Tanya up saying, by the way, I didn't know you snuck out. And he's like, what do you mean I snuck out? I told you I was. And then she jumped in and was like, well, you're not going to tell your dad that after you go out drinking and doing this. And he was like, I drank one beer. She said, it doesn't matter. Okay, so here's the thing. He broke six laws. Holy fuck. But he was only given tickets for minor in consumption and minor in possession. Wow. And so, Tanya came and picked him up, and he just fucking went on their fucking merry way. I'm not going to go into all the details of what these kids did at a fucking party. We know what kids do at a fucking party. We've all been there. They drank too much. But there was one girl that was at at the party. Her name was Star. And, you know, she talking about what all had happened and all of that, and she was saying, like, just... Just to show what type of person Ethan is. Like, he was breaking stuff in the house just to be like, look, I can break this. It's mine. I have all this money. I can just replace it. She said that, like, he was so drunk, he didn't even really know where he was. Well, okay, so, poor thing. Star started her period, and she needed tampons. And so, Ethan actually, like, looked through the house for some and was like, I couldn't find any. And so she's like, well, I've got to go. I'm going to go to the store. She called two cab companies and nobody answered. And so, of course, this is all here. You know, this is mm-hmm. all whatever. And so Ethan did another shot at Everclear and was like, I'll drive you. But apparently there were some kids at the party who he had just met. And so he didn't want to leave them at his house by themselves. And so he's like, everybody get in the truck. Oh, my God. And so. One, just use fucking toilet paper right now. Uh, right. Girl. Like, come on. So, like, why would you ever be like, hey, boy, I need a tampon. Do you have one in this empty fucking house? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So, 
I don't buy that. I do not buy that. So she said that she watched, you know, two of the boys get in the front seat, two of the boys get in the back seat, two got in the bed, and that the buddy Garrett that was with them, mm-hmm. it was one of Ethan's friends, was like, look, I've seen Ethan drive shit face all the time. Like, he's fine. Get in. And so she's like, you know, so I just got in. And as soon as they got out of the driveway, she said Ethan gunned it. And that she and Garrett started yelling at him, like, to slow down, which, of course, fueled Ethan more. Mm-hmm. So he started driving, like, on the wrong side of the road. She said that she yelled at him some more. So he got back into his, his lane, and then he overcorrected and went to the grass. And that was just, like, a quarter of a mile from the oh house, all that happened. When they crashed, though, the truck showed that it was going as fast as potentially 74 miles an hour when the airbags deployed and that Ethan never touched the brakes. Whoa. She was sitting in the back seat on Garrett's lap and she, when she like regained consciousness, she was in the front seat with broken glass and blood like all over her. Hold on. Also, this is why I call bullshit on the whole period thing. You would not be sitting in someone's lap. If you, like, needed a tampon that bad mm-hmm. that you're, like... Let's all get let's this all shit back. Yeah, 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 true, 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 that, true, true. Uh-uh. True, true, Girl, true. please. So, she said that she saw Ethan, like, slumped over the wheel and that she was, like, screaming his name. And no matter how loud she screamed, he never moved. He did get charged with the, you know, thing. He got charged with... <laughs> With four counts of intoxication manslaughter and two counts of intoxication assault. The prosecutors were seeking the maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. Okay. He got two. So the family hired psychologist G. Dick Miller for the defense. And so his testimony was basically that Ethan Couch had no parental guidance. He had... All this money at his disposal mm-hmm. with no guidance, with no whatever. <laughs> so he basically coined the term that he had affluenza. What the fuck? So he said that that he was unable to link his actions with the consequences because his parents had been teaching him that wealth buys privilege. Well, it fucking does. Well, it does. Like... It bought you dick. Uh-huh. It bought me dick? <laughs> no. We ain't got money, so you can't buy you dick. God dang it. That's the key? <laughs> yeah. So, they paid old dick $15,560 for his testimony. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you could... Yeah. Oh, as a defense? Yeah. You always can oh, pay experts. No, oh. but you... I mean, the state pays experts, too. Like, you have to... I just didn't think it could be that much... Money? I don't know. Also, I don't even know this ending, but I'm already stewing over here from this whole fuck fuck. And it's like what he's saying, the affluenza, mm-hmm. but it's, it, if this holds up, I, like I've never heard of it before, but that's not saying much because, you know, I mean, if it's not on law and order, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they probably didn't use that term. It was something else. Mm-hmm. So, give me the street lingo on it, and then I probably know it. Yeah, for real. But, because, you know, Barbara probably used it. But, isn't that his name? Barbara? Barba. Never mind. Oh, anyway. I was like, Barbara, uh, your sister-in-law? No, sorry. Did not understand. Sorry. Annunciation. Again, people, I, I suck. I suck dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
We know. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't. I don't even know. It's like what what he's saying is what he's doing. Yeah. Basically, like yes. you're saying it's affluenza, but yeah, they're fucking buying you. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also that doesn't turn around and say, Okay, these other people have underfluenza where mm-hmm. they're underprivileged and they're, you know, in the system because their parents were in the system. Yeah, like you know what I mean? All of this, you don't have anyone saying that. It's like Oh, too bad, but you should have known better. Mm-hmm. So if this holds up, I'm going to be fuming. Well. Do I need to take a blood pressure pill? Don't tell me. Let me just take one. So the court hearing was closed to the public. Oh, imagine that, because people would ride against fucking dick and dicklets. But Judge Boyd sentenced Ethan Couch to an unspecified lockdown rehabilitation unit at what his parents' expense. That? Because, so he went to rehab. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) And they're saying unspecified because they also didn't say how long he had to stay there. Oh, my God. So, originally, though, they wanted to send him to Newport Academy, which is a residential treatment center in Newport Beach, California, with costs of up to $450,000 annually. The facility is a 90-day treatment program that has horseback riding, mixed martial mm -hmm, Mm arts, those things, mixed martial arts, M's are hard for me, Mm -hmm. massage, and cookery. Cookery? Interpretive dance therapy, swimming pool, (laughs) basketball, and six acres of land. Oh, my God. Well, one. He didn't go there, though. One, he'd be like, this sounds terrible. Only six acres? Like, it's so quaint. So, Okay. He was ordered to stay away from drugs, alcohol, and driving. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, on February 19th, 2014, he began treatment at the North Texas State Hospital. It's a state-owned inpatient mental health facility. So, the rate for this facility is $715, and the but the family had to pay $1,170. Because they used a sliding scale payment mm. schedule. And that was like the maximum that they could, like on that scale, yeah. have to pay was that. Yeah. So, after he finished his treatment, though, he was on probation. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. There was obviously tons of backlash because, like... Just a few years before that, that same judge had given a another 16-year-old intoxicated driver 10 years. Wow. Uh-huh. And then he sentenced another in 2004 to 20 years, telling him, quote, The court is aware you had a sad childhood. I hope you will take advantage of the service offered to you by the Texas Youth Commission oh. and turn your life around. Whoa. And that person had killed one person, not four, and their blood alcohol level was .11. Wow. Ethan Couch's was .24. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. So, honestly, the judge suffers from affluenza uh-huh. as well. One of the articles that I read said that he was at the Newport, California Treatment Center. 
so I, that's kind of sketch. I just don't know. I don't know why one would say one and the other yeah. would say that. But, but they said that like every week, Fred and Tanya would fly out first class to see their son. And after 62 days, against the advice of old, <laughs> oh old Dick Miller, they pulled him out and brought him home. And their rehab bill was $90,000. Shit. I mean, they really have done an injustice to their son, how mm-hmm. they've raised him. But that should not get him cleared of any wrongdoing. Yeah, I agree. Like, that's ridiculous. There were five lawsuits filed by the families of the four victims and two of the passengers. Mm-hmm. So the lawsuits were filed against Ethan, his parents, and because the F-350 was owned by his dad's business. Oh, shit. They sued the business, too. Get it, get it. Eric and Marguerite Boyles, that was the husband and the daughter of the victims, Holly Boyles and Shelby Boyles, mm-hmm. they they filed suit. Marla Mitchell was the mother of Brianna Mitchell. Shauna Jennings, she was the wife of the minister, Brian Jennings. Mm-hmm. The parents of one of the passengers, Sergio Molina, filed. The parents of Lucas McConnell, who was a pass- passenger in Jennings' vehicle, filed. And then the parents of Isaiah McLaughlin, who was another passenger in Jennings' vehicle, they all filed suit. They were all settled, like, we don't know anything. But, like, one of them we do know said that Sergio Molina, his medical expenses at the time were $600,000. Holy fuck. Because he's the one that was paralyzed from it. And, of course, the lawsuit was saying it could top up to $10 million because he needed, like, around-the-clock care. Shit. He had quadriplegia, I believe, from it. And so he needed help all the time they're all set up settle out of court okay one more thing i want to tell though so in 2015 oh ethan's 18 now right investigators got a claim that there was a video of him playing beer pong at a fucking party oh my god and it violated his parole he's on probation for 10 years so any alcohol consumption yeah. violates that parole oh yeah i'm saying for fucking no beer i know pong for yeah. him yeah like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, get your fucking life together, dude. Yes. If you're going to break your shit, it better be for, like, some high-dollar, like, cognac shit. If you're, you know what I mean? Like, beer pong? Here's the thing, though, is that he is such a fucking entitled fuck mm-hmm. that he's just, that ain't, that just happened to get fucking posted on Twitter and he got busted. Yep. So, in December 11, 2015, his probation officer couldn't reach him. And so, they issued a warrant for his arrest. Seven days later, he and his mom were reported missing. And they started basically a fugitive hunt for him and his mom. Holy shit. They fled to fucking Mexico. Oh, my God. Listen how fucking stupid they are. You know how they were found? Oh, my God. Why? So, they were in Puerto Vallarta mm-hmm. and used their motherfucking cell phone to order Domino's. <laughs> you know, because they've probably been drinking and he can't drive after uh-huh. he's been drinking. He learned his lesson. <laughs> so, oh my God. he, they of course were going to extradite him back. Mm-hmm. He, like, fought it for a little while, hung out basically in their jail there. They extradited his mom. She was arrested as soon as she landed in L.A. 
and was charged with felony of hindering the apprehension of a felon. <laughs> and at first she was held on a million dollar bail, but then when they transferred her back to Texas, they dropped it to 75000 She posted bond and was released. Well, so he ended up like stopping the fight and just coming back. So he had to serve after, like when he came back and, you know, the dust settled, they char- they made him serve four consecutive terms of 180 days in jail, one for each of the car crash victims. So this motherfucker violated his parole and got two years in jail. Wow. So his mom got out and, you know, on her thing, while she was on bond, she failed a drug test oh my God. with meth. Holy shit. I know. And she ended up having to go back for a little while. Whatever ended up happening with all that's not that clear. But I'm 90% sure she's out. And then in December 2006, his dad was arrested and got a year's probation because he, like, had an ID and identified himself as a peace officer. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Like, I don't think he served any time, but he, like, he did serve out his full year probation. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. So, he got... So, Ethan Couch got out of jail April 2nd, 2018. He is essentially on house arrest. He has to wear an ankle monitor, alcohol detection path, detection <laughs> patch. He has to do drug tests randomly, 9 p.m. curfew. He can drive, but he has that video-equipped interlock ignition device thing mm-hmm. where he has to, like, do a breathalyzer and has to prove that it's him yeah. before he can drive. And that's it. The motherfucker's out. Well, you know, that's such a hard life for him to live. Huh, so many restrictions. Mm-hmm. Wasn't his fault. And, like, if you just could see this little fucker's face, like, Ugh. I just want to punch him. Oh, my God. And his fucking entitled fucking fuckery. Right? What? He's such an entitled fucking brick. He did not yes. learn a goddamn thing. No. And clearly neither did his parents because they are both just as fucking entitled. Yes. And he will never change. They will never change. They will all end up back in jail at some point, mm-hmm. sometime, or Honestly, this is terrible, but dead from a drug overdose. Yeah. Heaven forbid if they ever lose all their money because I know they won't know how to function. I know. I don't know how they still have any. I'm surprised that people are still using their company. Right? All right. Picture it. You're camping, hiking, doing something outdoorsy. No, I'm not. I know. That's why I said picture it because we ain't ever doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Now, put me on a boat. Put me <laughs> on the beach. I ain't even do a lake. Oh, God, no. All right, so picture it. Act like you're Kimberly Kelly. There you go. All right, you come across a random staircase in the woods. No other structure around it. It's just there. It could either be brick, concrete. It could even be like cast iron spirals that you would see at a lighthouse. The condition can be in ruins or it could be perfectly sturdy and look like it's brand new what would be your next step would you would you touch it would you try to go up the steps try to reach the top or would you trust your gut and ignore it all together well it depends <laughs> you you bury the lead on your guts telling you don't fucking do anything if my gut says don't do it i'm gonna touch it <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wouldn't climb it because 
you know, I'd topple it over, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I'm sure there's a weight limit. Mm-hmm. But I definitely would touch it and be like, the fuck? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about someone who actually has found some stairs. So this person was a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service. And when they started out telling their stories, they're like, look, I don't know if this happens in all the other SAR units, but in mine, this is what has happened. And it's kind of unspoken, but a regular occurrence. And it's like every case when they're deep into the woods, like 30 or 40 miles, they will just find a staircase in the middle of the woods. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they say it looks kind of like you just took the stairs out of your house, cut them out and place them by themselves in the woods. So the first time this girl who was the SAR officer, she asked one of the superiors about it. They're like, don't worry about it. It's nothing. Whatever. Then she asked another one and they kind of said the same thing, but didn't elaborate on it. Mm -hmm. So like third time, the girl is like, look, I'm going to check it out because hello. So she's determined going to go check them out. But her ranking officer was like, don't fucking touch them. And so she's like, all right. They say, just ignore them. And nothing bad's going to happen. But if you go by there, something bad might happen. So just don't do it. So then she was asking around people of her same rank, you know, like, what the fucking deal mm-hmm. is up with this? Well, <laughs> the fucking deal. <laughs> it's a new lingo. <laughs> <laughs> so one of her people were like, look, I'm going to tell you something strange. That they were in the woods, again, 30, 45 miles out in the woods. And they came across some stairs, but they were flipped upside down. So picture, like, you have a dollhouse. Mm -hmm. You take those stairs out and flip them upside down. So the top step is where the base would be. Yeah. Thanks. That's what flipping it upside down (laughs) means. But, like, yeah. (laughs) You were legitimately about to explain upside down to me again. Yes, I was. (laughs) (laughs) Things are Donna explaining upside down to me. (laughs) So, you see, they were not right side up. Oh, they were upside down? Yes. Yes. Oh, like the base was at the top. Mm-hmm. And the top was at the base. Yeah. So, that was something completely different because, obviously, it wasn't normal. Yeah. Because it was upside down. As opposed to just a regular staircase <laughs> down the middle of the woods. Well, because you can say, oh, well, something might have been there. Like blah, a house blah, blah. got taken out by yeah. a tornado or whatever. Yeah, no. But like... These were upside down. They were upside down. Spoiler alert. This <laughs> shit was upside down. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Y'all want to slap us right side up our head. <laughs> 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 okay. So another story is one of our teammates was like, look, I for real witnessed this guy who... When they found these staircases, he went up and he was like, I'm going to see what's at the very top. Goes up to the top and he can touch one of the branches on a nearby tree. When he touches that, 
some freak accident happens and he ends up losing his hand. It's a complete <gasps> clean wound. What? Yes. They never found his hand. What? And the guy nearly died from blood loss. Here's another weird event. So, a woman had touched these stairs. And this was not a SAR unit. It was... This was not a SAR officer. This was a lady... Just like a civilian... Yeah. Regular old Jane Doe. Yeah. And she touched the stairs. And then, when she touched it... She suffered an aneurysm. Oh, God. So, you know, blood vessel in her brain. It exploded like a water balloon. So she stumbled down to the edge of the stairs and she gets over to a park ranger. And what she says is, I think something's wrong with me. Then she drops to the ground dead. And the ranger told the SAR officer that... They will never forget the way the blood leaked into the inside of her eye just before she died. Holy shit. Yeah. So after this officer shared these stories, more people started chiming in about it. And it came from all over America, New England, West Virginia, New Hampshire, Montana, Detroit. And it was like everyone was like, oh, my God. I didn't know this was common. I thought it was just some random weird fluke. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird now that everyone's telling their stories and it's fucking spooky. One was in rural West Virginia. I don't know why I have to pick those out. Although always rural and it's always somewhere with a W after it. I know. It's my cross to bear, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, Rural West Virginia. And they said they weren't super deep into the forest. It was like 10 miles. And they they saw some stairs. And it was like 16 steps or so. So not like super tall. But Mm -hmm. not like two. They didn't get on them. Because they're like, might tip over. Like, don't really know. They're like us. Probably like, oh, weight limit. Don't. Yeah. Don't see the fine print. Don't want to chance it because I'm by myself. But they thought maybe a house had been there, like you said. Mm -hmm. So it was strange, but whatever. But then when they read the the person's post, they're like, wait, that's pretty weird. Yeah. Because I've had the same thing. Another one from Michigan said that, that they were hiking and exploring, you know, doing outdoorsy shit. With their cousins and stumbled on a football field size of just clearing in these woods. And there were a few staircases, but they were not against trees. They were just standing out in the open. They said they they looked like from a normal suburban home. Kind of old, but Mm -hmm. that was really the only, like, scary thing about them. But the older cousin decided to investigate. So, he walked to the stairs to see, like, how they were being held up, whatever. And so, he's like, I cannot find a way that these are being really, like, supported. Yeah. So, he was like, look, let's just go. This is kind of weird. getting a bad vibe. Let's go. And they, he was like, and also, if you're looking at it from, the like, that clearing, no grass was growing next to the stairs. Hmm. So it was just like, what? Mm-hmm. 
And someone found some stairs in the middle of a lake. Another reason for me not to go to the lake. They were, they were on a boat, like you said, that you would love to be on. Father, sister, almost said Father, Son, Holy Ghost, not them. Father, <laughs> sister, and this person on a boat, kind of close to shore, and they rounded a corner and came up on a set of stairs sticking three to four feet out of the water. Nothing around at all. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Again, could have been like a lake house at one point or something. I don't know. Yeah, but was this their first time ever to go to this lake? Uh, I guess. I but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it was, I mean, I don't know. Like, if they had a house nearby or whatever, and they went to this lake all the time, like, that would be yeah. like, wait, where the fuck did this yeah. stair set come from? You stair know? set. Then sightings were coming in from... Portugal, Brazil, Germany, Norway, Philippines. So it wasn't just in the U.S. this weird occurrence was happening. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these in other countries had some graveyards that would be found nearby. Just randomly in the woods by these stairs. So this one person in Norway said that they came across some staircases and they were visiting their grandparents they went out hiking, which, as a grandparent, I will never do because uh, I'll never be a grandparent. You'll never but, be a parent. Yeah, I'll never be a parent. Well, I am to Marley, okay? Okay. So, hiking, doing all the good, great outdoor stuff that we never do. Then, they're like, oh, let's do a picnic, blah, 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 blah. Which, does this picnic involve chairs? It would have to because, you know what? All the ants would be coming up over on mm-hmm. me. All the mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. They'd Bees, find me. Whatever. I, no. no. The no. grass would be wet where I sat. <laughs> My ass would be soaking wet. Exactly. Or that hard grass that, like, pokes mm-hmm. up through shit. Mm-mm. Apparently, we hate nature. <laughs> I mean, if I'm in the air conditioning looking out at nature, it's fine. The thing is, is that I would like to go on a picnic, but I just want to sit on... A chair, not the ground. Yeah. Wasn't it me and you or was it someone else? Like we would go to the zoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We used to do outdoor stuff. <laughs> but by that, eat outside. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, I love a good patio at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Tangent time. The things we'll do outside. Eat. Sit. Yes. <laughs> Preferably at the same time. Yeah, or lay on, like, a raft. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So, along with the grandparents, there's nieces and nephews, and, you know, it's a big family outing. Well, they're younger, and so they're like, let's play hide-and-seek in the woods, because that's safe. And, I mean, have they not seen Slender Man? Mm Mm-hmm. So, they do. And so, it's him and his nephew that's the first to hide. They split up because, hello, that's what you do because you don't want to get caught. And this person ran a a ways into the woods and it was kind of like thick brush over there. Well, then they found a staircase. And he said it was, you know, had moss on it, was overgrown, whatever, nothing great about it. It was made of what looked like really old concrete with the large pebbles mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there he's like, this would be the perfect hiding spot. Which, no, it wouldn't. Because if I saw some random stairs, I'd be like, 
who's behind? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would automatically go there. It's like a closet. Never a good way mm-hmm. to hide. Come on. Anyway, so, squats behind it, and then he starts feeling kind of weird. So, gets up, steps back, and he said he couldn't shake the feeling that he just shouldn't really be there. And he just kind of got an overwhelming sense of being unwelcomed. Mm. So he noped the fuck out of there and ran back and was like, whatever. And he said now, like, as he was typing this, it still gave him that, like, twisted, wrong feeling inside. So another person that was based in Detroit said that they climbed to the top of the staircase. They were walking through the woods to Grandma's house. Nah. (laughs) But... The the foliage, as people would say. Mm, fancy. Mm-hmm. Very thick, overgrown. So when they got up on the stairs, they saw the stairs. They didn't see it from a distance. Yeah. From a distance. Sorry. No one. <laughs> Love that. That was the best version you have ever. Like, oh, take for that, sure. Bette Midler. You better look out. Uh huh. You in danger, girl. I'm coming for you. <laughs> they said the stairs were made of loose cobblestone and mossy mess. Well, he climbs the stairs and basically there was nothing up at the top. Just like crumbly steps that you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And not a great view. Well, then... He's looking around, you know, like, side to side, and he sees where, like, all the bushes are tight. Like, how I said, the foliage was really thick. And then uh, some spots where the stumps of dead trees were, mm-hmm. they kind of made, like, a well, you know, because they are hollowed out now. Well, not a well. Kind of like a sunken crater look yeah. because they're hollowed out now. Well, in one of those craters, someone was there, and they were looking back at him. What? He said he clearly saw their dark, like, very slender face, and their eyes were very black and very round. Nope. So, no sooner than they saw their face, the face was gone. Mm Mm-mm. So, they were like, uh... Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Ran down the stairs. Ran back towards a clearing and got the fuck away. Um, And someone had commented on that and said, in my part of the woods where we're from, my family says, if you see stairs in the woods, do not go near them. Do not touch them. Do not acknowledge them. Act like they're not there at all. But Why? I don't know. Well, we'll kind of get into it in a minute, but, like, I had never heard of about this. Yeah. Mainly because I don't go on forums looking about... Woodsy shit. Yeah. Not going to do it. One person named Torkic, I guess. I mean, fun. Torkic good. (laughs) He was out on patrol one day and had heard about a missing person in the area So, he's like, all right, might be in the woods, kind of thick, hard to navigate. They might either be dumped there or Mm. be hiding out there. So, during his patrol, he comes across two sets of stairs 
again, remote in the forest. They lead to nowhere, and he's kind of cautious about them, but then he is like, look, I could get a really good vantage point if I climbed up here and I could see if I see anyone. The first set of stairs were made of stone, really detailed and ornate kind of. Yeah. Look at you coming up in with that she she word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm maxed out on foliage. (laughs) Well, the other set was more rugged and just kind of random stone patchwork together. He climbed further and further and then He said he encountered this stray dog randomly on one of the stairs. And... On the stairs? mm Mm-hmm. And, like... How big were these stairs? Right? I don't know. So, the dog seemed kind of, like, standing its territory. Yeah. And was like, halt, who goes there? These are my stairs, bitch. Mm -hmm. Like, riddle me this. You have to answer all this shit. I'm Billy Goat. I was gonna say. Um... (laughs) So, Torkic was like, what the Torkic's going on? I'm getting out the fuck here. What? I'm getting out. Oh, shit. That made no sense. Mm-mm. JK. Um, I mean, Obvi. I am leaving this place. I must go now. That's what he said. Oh, just like that. I bet, too. <laughs> I must leave this place right now. So, he got the fuck out of there. But... When he returned to the ranger station, Ranger Joe was there. Ranger Joe. (laughs) I was wondering if you would do it, but okay. So, of course I would. (laughs) Well, he learned he was fired. What? Mm -hmm, Because he had been missing for quite a while. As it turns out, he had left the station five years earlier. What? Mm -hmm. So, they're saying that it was basically a time slip when he was on those stairs. Just reporting what I read. So, he saw the dog, and the dog was like, let me show what dog ears are like. <laughs> yes! What the fuck? That's fucked. That was right? like a... Not real. <laughs> All right. So, another thing. There were two students from Sweden. They're like, oh, let's go hiking in the forest. And their names were Axel and Isaac. They're not too far into the woods, but then they get to a clearing in a particular area. That is where they discovered the stairs. And again, they lead to nowhere. Axel was cautious, wanted to leave. However, Isaac was curious and he wanted to see just how sturdy they were. So Axel watched Isaac as he climbed the stairs. And when he reached the very top, they heard a shrill scream. Mm. So both of them completely freaked out. Isaac starts running. Axel is like, he's running, I'm running. Let's go. They catch their breath after a moment and then Axel feels a cold hand on his shoulder. When he turns around, Isaac is super far behind him. He's not there. And they both hear that scream again. And he said... Maybe it was just like a spirit lurking around there or something because there's no, there was no one in that clearing. Yeah. That could do that scream and it wasn't either of them. Yeah. All right. So now we have various theories and this, I cannot wait to hear you talk about these. All right. So some of these people are like, look, I think they're just 
part of a foundation of a house and it's of lost settlements, usually around like the 1800s with the gold rush Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Mostly because the stairs are made of concrete or steel and the houses would be rotted or have erosion because they're wood. Another one, though. Oh, God. (sighs) Okay. Another one is all about extraterrestrial people, but of the reptilian variety. And they said that they build these stairs to prey on people and feed upon them because they're out deep into the woods. So if someone's there, they're more isolated. Mm -hmm. And so there is... Like, it's basically their trap. Um, Others say that... Wait, that's it? That's all I get to know? Mm -hmm. I don't get to know, like... So, it's like a alien alligator? Mm -hmm. Like, lizard people. Like, people who say the uh, British royalty, like, the queen is a lizard person. Okay, okay, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. She's not. Then, another popular theory is from a psychic who... Went on her blog and wrote all about this. She claims to have physically explored several staircases in the woods. And she said that there is a clear energy shift near the staircases. And then when she got close to them, her mind would kind of go into a state where she was just numb. Like, it would close her off. And then she said that... What she believes is that they are used for alien abductions and they're kind of like a portal Mm -hmm. to another dimension, realm, whatever. And so that's how the aliens take their people away to experiment on them. And she said that's why they are so often spotted by the search and rescue Mm -hmm. units because they're looking for missing people that could have been abducted. And then some people say it really mirrors Jacob's ladder in the Bible where he had a vision of stairs where the angels ascended and descended and that it is a portal to a different realm. And they're just Mm. saying like using biblical stuff to try to, you know, yeah, be like, this is true because and to say it's not only bad stuff, too. Yeah. However... I'm saying what you're going to be like, duh. All right. So, a lot of people are like, this is all just fake. Mm-hmm. Because that search and rescue officer, she posted in the Reddit no sleep category. Mm. Or subreddit. Sorry. I don't know the lingo. I still don't understand Reddit. <laughs> Me either. I've read it and I don't understand it. Right. And so, that's usually where they craft their... Scary stories, but it's not true. Yeah. But then they pretend that it's true, i.e. Slender Man. Yeah. But then they're saying, well, he they made it up. This girl made it up. But then other people were like, no, I've really seen that. And they have pictures. But again, Slender Man was mm-hmm. a picture, too. So there's that. Like, you know, I mean, unless right. you have physically come in contact with them, you'll never know if they truly exist or not. And since we don't go into the woods... They don't exist. Yeah, we can't say if they exist or not because we'll never know. But 
what I say is she got it from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So maybe she really did see some stairs and they could have been from a house that whatever. Because, I mean, out where I live, there's uh, used to be a house and all that's standing is the fireplace. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. Down here. Just because... There's not a whole lot of two-story houses here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, tornadoes, like you said, mm-hmm. hurricanes, all of that washes away all the other stuff. And then and all one left little... is a slab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it could have been that. And she was like, oh, this would be a good story. And then other people run with it. Or yeah. they actually do see the stairs themselves, too. But And then it's like... Ooh, if I see them and they see them, it must be something sinister. Yeah. And whatever. So it could all just be a hoax. But my question is, if you were in the woods, would you climb the random stairs? Have you ever saw them? And, or, would you sing Stairway to Heaven? If I saw the stairs, one, I would not climb them. Mm-hmm. Because I'd be so fucking scared I was going to fall. Mm-hmm. Or spring your ankle. Again. I cannot remember your question, too. Have you ever saw him? Oh, absolutely not. And because they don't exist. And three, I forgot the words to Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven? No, I don't even know it either. Okay. What about you? Um, no, I would not climb them because also I would fall. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared of heights. Mm. Like, I'm good, like, in an elevator or something, yeah. or like wide enough that I can walk across, whatever. But stairs, especially if they don't have a rail to hold on to. Yeah. Oh fuck no! I mean, honestly, let's just talk about it. I don't want to climb the stairs anyway. Like in a real house, in a make believe house, in anything elevator, yes, escalator, definitely taking the stairs. Oh god! So why would I want to climb it up in? Especially with no final destination. Well, I mean, unless you're going to die, final destination. (laughs) Yeah. You got a final destination. Okay. So, you want to just realize, though, when you were telling this? Okay, what? That you don't believe it and that you think I'm stupid? Well, (laughs) I don't believe it, but I don't think you're stupid. But a lot of times, because, you know, I have really, like, vivid dreams. Yes. And... Like, way more than one time, I'll be climbing stairs in my dream. And, like, the sometimes the stairs, like, crumble underneath me. Oh, shit. Like, and like run. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you have to, like, catch onto something and pull yourself up. Mm. And it's hard for me to pull myself up. Or, I mean, at least you're realistic in your dreams. Oh, true, 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 true. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know that these, like... I'm insightful enough to know what these dreams can mean. Like, mm-hmm. I'm chasing after something, um, something struggling. You know, there's a struggle ahead of me. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. But a lot of times, like, this, but the stairs won't lead to anything. Or I'll have to, like, jump through, not jump through something. I can't explain it. It's like, I'm on the stairs, but then I have to, like, it kind of sometimes will morph into, like, a ladder. Mm-hmm. And then I have to crawl through this really tiny space. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But it's not just like has been like a one-time dream. Yeah. Like those kind of situations happen. Not a lot, but like enough that I'm like, holy shit, I have this dream. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe that's how the person who made that story up got to it. Yeah. And And maybe it is just a metaphor to 
where you're climbing for something that you're not really sure what you're working towards, but you're busting your ass working towards it. And sometimes it works out and sometimes you lose five years of your life and lose your job. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes it crumbles under your feet and you have to jump and you're still holding on trying to reach it, but you can't, you know what I mean? Like I see like the like Freudian thoughts behind it like yeah to analyze the dream i'm all about analyzing dreams yeah but or i mean you could just be playing mario you could be <laughs> but i mean seriously that's that's interesting but it was like when you were saying something towards the end i was like wait <laughs> yeah like it was just like hold on wait yeah let me think about this yeah that's crazy if i did see Stairs, like, in the middle of nowhere, it would be, one, I wouldn't think it would be freaky. I'd just be like, ooh, that's weird. But if I saw another one later on in a different mm-hmm. place, I'd be like, no, 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 that's, that means that's something. fucking yeah. weird. Yeah. I do think that, like, if I saw one, I would be, I would not, like, inspect, but I'd be like, okay, there's probably a house there. Like, I yeah. honestly wouldn't think that much of it. Because I feel like even... Like, after Hurricane Katrina, like, there were Mm -hmm. some, like, stairs leading up to slabs and stuff left, especially on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, like, when the whole house was taken. And so there were, you know, three or four or five steps up to the slab. Mm -hmm. That's not uncommon. So, like, but now, like, a whole staircase, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 13, 15 steps, now that's something different. But, yeah. So I would be like, hmm, I wonder what happened here. Where'd the house go? Kind of thing. Right. But, well, and a lot of those places were in a clear spot and not like mm-hmm. in the thick of woods. Yeah. Wasn't like overgrown with. Yeah. Whatever. So it's probably not real, but it's also very interesting, though, that people take what they read mm-hmm. and then like, make it apply to their life or they're just more cognizant of it. And so then they see it and then it becomes like a phenomena. Yeah. Of it. Phenomena. (laughs) I did see that someone had wrote into a news station in North Carolina. And it was like, they have like a ask anything kind Mm -hmm. of section. And they were like, um, I see random stairs leading to nowhere by some road. And so they went and checked it out, and it was literally stairs leading to nowhere, but not like what they're talking yeah. about. It was more like built into the earth, but just not like mm-hmm. completed. And it's on something that they're working on, like to do trails. Yeah. But it they haven't completed it or anything. Yeah. And so it was just like random, like... I want to say, like, hobbit stairs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, in no, the earth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I forgot. But it's just so funny, like, when I was searching for this stuff, that someone thought that was odd just passing through and wrote. Yeah. And then they thought it was odd enough to do a segment yeah. on it. You know? And, of course, it was just a totally mundane answer. There were no reptilian aliens coming oh down God. or anything. Of course there weren't. <laughs> but... There you go. So, Kimberly Kelly, if you see stairs, step away. (laughs) Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. I mean, be careful because you might get anal probed. I mean, unless you're into it. Hey. No fetish shaming here. No. Okay, what did we learn? Okay, we learned that 
some stairs can be found upside down in the oh, forest. God. <laughs> fucking trickery of stairs mm-hmm. with their upside downedness. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. I don't think that's a word. <laughs> you know what I just thought about, though? Oh, I can't think of the artist, but he would do those stairs, like, all... I feel like it's, like, geometric kind of things. Asher, Escher, mm-hmm. whatever. But, like, stairs really is a, like, a psychological Oh, absolutely. Thing, you know, and so... Oh, ab- there's such deep meanings behind it. Yeah. So, maybe that's why that story is so compelling, though, because you're in the woods, you're... Completely isolated, and mm-hmm. then with this whole symbolism of stairs and everything, it just gives you the creep factor yeah. on that, too. Anyway, sorry. I just thought about that. Two, I learned that I get really angry about people with their privilege mm-hmm. in the fact that it really is true that people who have money can spend their little web of lies and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're the storyteller, you know, but if people who have the exact opposite and they're, you know, not affluent or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, affluent, it's their fault. You know what I mean? Like he, it's not his fault because his parents didn't do right because they gave him all that they could give and blah, blah, blah. But if Sally Joe, Raphael. Mm-hmm. If she didn't have parents or, you know, had to go to, like, government assistance stuff, mm-hmm. it's her fault for mm-hmm. not rising above that. Exactly. And whatever. And it's like that. I mean, we see that. He killed people. Mm-hmm. Killed people. Yep. And permanently injured others, both yeah. physically and emotionally. Like, that is crazy to oh god like his just the whole family well just to i think the issue of like by claiming the affluenza Mm -hmm. and saying that he shouldn't get punished for that he's using you're using quote affluenza to prove that he has affluenza yeah (laughs) and get him off you know yeah And then I think, too, the other hard pill to swallow was the fact that that very same judge has some... His his sentencing isn't consistent. Right. And it really is harsher to people of lower socioeconomic status, Mm -hmm. and which is not okay. No. So that leads me to number three. Okay. You can't fix stupid. No, you can't. You cannot. It doesn't matter. Look... If you like Real Housewives, mm-hmm. Luann De La Sepps taught us money cannot buy you class. That's true. And you can't fix stupid. Mm-mm. So no matter how much money you have or don't have, just be a good person. Yes. Love people. Help them up their stairs. Yes. And just don't be an asshole. Right? I mean, nobody are pretty simple things, and it's, I mean, you don't have to be affluent to... Nobody owes you shit. Yeah. For anything. You are you. You is kind. You is... Smart. Mm-hmm. And important. Mm-hmm. It's all true. But nobody owes you shit because you're smart, kind, and 
well, whatever the other one was. Yeah. Important. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't care. I, I just, it's, it's whatever. And I think it goes across like the, the gamut of yeah. people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So on that note. I mean, you know how they say don't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me? Mm-hmm. Like, don't have affluenza. Mm-hmm. Because, again, ass. Mm, well, there's no ass in it, but. Aff. <laughs> A-F. <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> tool bag. <laughs> oh Oh, god trying to think i'm still trying to think of like affluenza f affluenza never heard of that i can't believe you've never heard that story Uh uh-uh i'm because i'm too under affluenza i'm under fluenza and i don't know about all the rich people's problems apparently it's an urban legend where i come from yeah (laughs) Which that really could be like a cautionary tale of, yeah, like don't drink and drive and do all these things and it and he didn't get punished. Mm-mm. Like what the fuck? And you know he was sixteen and you know would I want him to spend the next forty years in jail when he was you know what I mean? Well, probably if it was one of my family members, but yeah, you know, but if he you're- he is a sixteen year old that fucked up. Yeah. So, I, again, I, that's what's too... I mean, we always say that, but that's what's so fucking hard about this. Because I do, I see both sides. Like, if mm-hmm. it was my dad who had stopped on the side of the road to help this poor girl because her car, her tire blew and it caused yeah. her wreck. And then some drunken fucking teenager came and slammed into them because he was doing 70, 75 and a 40. And yeah. He was, ship, he was three times the legal limit, plus that volume, plus had weed. No. I would want him to stay in jail for the rest of his fucking life. Yeah. But on the flip side, I've been a stupid 16-year-old kid before. hmm And wouldn't want a shitty decision to fuck up the rest of my life. Yeah, but that's how you try not to do shitty decisions because mm-hmm. it will fuck up the rest mm-hmm. of your life. You know, because if I- we don't, then we're all in affluenza mm-hmm. and society is ruined well i think that we've done a better job of because how like with social media and phones and cameras and videos and all the stuff it's always being taken around us that kids are starting to realize more that what they do as a kid will impact them the rest of their lives yeah i mean because that's always been something so scary for me Mm -hmm. you know like it's like you know, you put yourself out there and it's like, well, shit, what's going to come up that you've forgotten about? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think we've taken taken care of some of that just by the nature mm-hmm. of our society now. Yeah. But. Well, and now, like, there are Uber and Lyft and mm-hmm. all of that that. Don't do it. Don't drink and drive. Yeah. There's too. It's too dangerous. And there's too many other options now. Yeah. Well, and it's, especially, like, for him, his parents wouldn't have cared if he said, hey, he probably should have been like, hey, mama, like, if she needed pads or tampons or whatever mm-hmm. to be like, hey, mama, I need you to run blah, blah, blah up to the store. And she'd be like, oh, okay, he, yeah. I just want you to be cool because I'm cool, mom. Yeah. You know, but it's like, you're, I'm pretty sure your parents would be pissed, but they would rather come get you 
mm-hmm. do whatever than have to see you behind bars exactly. or in the grave. You mm. know, like, y'all, seriously. We've all made stupid decisions. Yeah, we have been there. Trust me. But it's not fucking worth it. No, it's not. It really isn't. Well, that's a depressing note. I know. (laughs) Oh, God. But seriously, y'all, we just are looking out for Mm y'all. We love Mm y'all. We want to be able to hug y'all and stuff. We don't want you to haunt us. I guess to wrap up, be Mm -hmm. safe. And because we love y'all, we want you around. So remember... Creep it real. And and don't don't get scared. scared. And hey, some stairs are upside down.